going on everybody welcome to episode 84 of process potables this episode is titled john collins any more of that and he's gonna need a tom collins <laughs> delivered by only of course Allah, abdel nabi and it, it was that kind of night it was a night for Allah to have fun it's the second straight blowout win of a bad team so not that Atlanta's a bad team, but obviously no Trey Young, uh, no Bogdan tonight. So without two of like their best scores, if not the two best scores, I, I guess John Collins you could throw in there. You know they weren't much for for a full strength Sixers who get the full starting five back tonight. Uh, we've talked about the whole season the success that that five man unit has. Um, so having them back is huge. I believe they've only lost like four games uh, when all five are actually available. So obviously that's important for the team. Um, we'll get to some Sixer stuff, but Steve, I want to start this episode uh, with the Philadelphia Union. Oh, okay. And mainly because I, I need to know, you know, why I woke up to so much Atlanta-Philadelphia beef between the Union, and then we can use that to talk about then what the Sixers did to Atlanta tonight. Yeah, it just kind of it, it just kept uh, steamrolling all of Atlanta. So the. So I should start by saying how the game last night, like the first half was really shitty. Like Atlanta United had their way. They had like five or six, seven shots on goal in the first half. And Andre Blake like just made like every save. And at least three of them were like crazy saves that most people would not have made. And it was like a really rough game. But the Union hung in there. And then before you know it, second half, we get two quick two quick goals, and, you know, then Atlanta Twitter starts complaining because we, quote-unquote, got away with all these no calls and so on and so forth, your typical, you know, union sports Twitter whining right. and complaining. And, you know, it was uh, – and what made it just even more sweeter is, uh, you know, for those of you who don't you know, follow MLS or the union, Atlanta, they're one of the best teams in the entire league. Um. They've only been in the league for four, maybe five years now, and they've already won all these titles. Um, so, and they, they're just one of those teams where they almost never lose at home, and it was their worst defeat in franchise history, 3 nothing. They never lost by uh, three goals or more. So then uh, it just continues into tonight with Atlanta fans just, uh, you know, drinking another can of whoop-ass. Yeah, I really never mind, you know, handing L's to the city of Atlanta. Uh, although they're not in our division, you know, we, we've had our run with the Hawks and everything, so uh, there's no love lost there, obviously. Uh, the Braves are in the same division as the Phillies, so that's a problem. The Hawks are in the Eastern Conference with the Sixers, yep. and Atlanta's such a shitty sports town, they couldn't even keep the hockey team. So. Nope, they went back to Canada. No, no rivalry there, yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, at this point, if I could go to The Canada, Atlanta Trashers, is that what Yeah, that's what, that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. So, yeah, uh, never been a fan of Atlanta as a sports town, and I went there for WrestleMania 27. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, the two cats are fighting. <laughs> Oh, man. 
That that like five second scr- uh, scrummage was more competitive than the, uh, Sixers, than the Sixers game Sixers tonight. tonight. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Holy shit! What the fuck were we talking about? Oh, oh my god! Oh, the city of Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So fuck them. Uh, oh yeah, you went there for WrestleMania. Oh yeah, I went there for WrestleMania twenty seven. It's a shit town anyway. There wasn't mm. anything that great. I wouldn't go back. I'm good. Yeah, I'll never. So I'll never go back to Georgia. Not at least till I have to. So you're saying uh, you wouldn't want to go there just for the purpose of going to that strip club with the famous, uh, you know, lemon pepper wet that uh, Lou Williams loves so much? I'll, I'll get somebody to, to pick it up for me okay. and mail me yeah. a batch or something. I can, I can work around it. So we, we will use that to then. So basically Philadelphia gets a nice leg up on the city of Atlanta last night thanks to the union. We go into tonight and – you know, everyone's feeling a lot better. They end the four-game losing streak with a win over uh, a process-level Thunder team at this point with the few guys they even do have being out. Uh, not that I think it would have been much of a matchup even if they had them because the yeah. Sixers get healthy, get right. Ben Simmons comes back more importantly than anything, and you see the difference. But the problem with that is how much can you take from a game against a team that was clearly inferior except for the next night they went to Boston and beat Boston. Yeah. Which is a whole yeah. other story. But tonight, we, we said the Hawks don't have Trey Young. They don't have Bogdan. But, you know, they've been playing okay. It's got to feel like it's a more acceptable challenge than the Thunder was. Sure. So the Sixers do the same thing. Uh, it, it's over in the first half. We know we know the starters are going to get to sit a lot of this, which, you know, you love to see. Because as the broadcast addressed uh, earlier in, in the game that uh, – like the next seven days, they play five times, or you know, the seven yeah, days of that's next right, week, they yeah. play five times. So, you know, Adam Silver jail. They're like, you know, there's no reason that this thing had to be compressed this hard. But regardless, you know, as easy as the opponent should be from here on out for the Sixers, we've talked at, at nauseum about their schedule and everything at this point. What the the Pelicans and the Heat are the only two teams that you probably even yeah. care care to watch the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, they should have some easy ones, but it still is going to be a decent amount of games. So uh, guys are going to have to suit up. But we also talked before about how that um, the play tourney is going to afford them a few extra days too because obviously right. we don't expect them to fall out of the top three. So next uh, week they are just – they're only off on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Sounds like a really shitty uh, schedule, mm-hmm. work schedule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just like Doc Rivers said uh, about that Thursday night game at Milwaukee, he said this was a scheduled loss. Look at it. Milwaukee is two days off. We were traveling to Milwaukee on a back-to-back. You know, some of it's really bullshit. Um, The travel's tough, man. The travel's tough, and it's a lot of games in in, in short stretches. But either way, the point is the Sixers dominate again tonight. Steve, looking at tonight's game versus the Thunder game, I mean, I, I, you really can't convince me that anything you saw in the Thunder game could give you any impression. So tell me, it, if anything, what you saw tonight that we can take away that's, like, you know, justifiable rather than, you know, when you probably couldn't use any example from the Oklahoma City Thunder game. So actually, I will say, if there's one takeaway from the OKC game, it's that Ben Simmons, he, he didn't look like he had, like, a week or so off. He just... Bounce right back in like he did, he didn't look a step slower or anything and I mean yeah that game we almost broke our franchise records and steals because that team's so bad um, tonight I my really only takeaway is just um, okay I have two one it's just I'm happy that the starters for the second straight game 
they were they didn't uh, enter the fourth quarter at all because they were up by 30 or more. And, I mean, if there's one problem I'm seeing here, it's just, like, why do we have Anthony Tolliver? Like, oh, man, don't well, do that. I just. What did he do to you? I don't know. I just, like, why? But You need another bot for games like tonight, man. Yeah. Like Allah said, you know, the 30-point the crew. The 30-point crew, when you're, yeah. when you're When you're up 30 or you're down yeah. 30. But, you know, I'm just. I'm really, uh, you know, picking out straws here. This isn't anything really to be concerned about. It's just nice because a couple months ago, if you would have asked me, well, how would you feel about Tyrese Maxey getting some playoff minutes? I was like, I would have been like, no, 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 no. But, you know, granted, it's garbage time. But, I mean, he's almost every game he's coming, he's looked good. It seems like Shake Milton kind of, is out of that slump he had last week or so. So I think he's at least treading in the right direction. And I really like seeing uh, George Hill get in some minutes, uh, you know, some run with the first team minus uh, Ben Simmons. So I think that's a, you know, a little bit of a sneak preview will get come playoff time. Yeah, you are starting to see little things like that. You know, they're not going to give everything away right away, but you're starting to see some things I think they want to be able to implement for the playoffs. Uh, Man, I I feel like you read my rundown because you just set us (laughs) up for for the the first two things that I had. Uh, You were talking about Tyrese Maxey, so I have, you know, a a point about the bench and a conversation about rotation and whatnot. But my first thing was basically, you know, I I think kind of to sum up your overall thoughts that you just said, like, are we okay? Because whether you want to, Describe where on the panic scale you were over that four-game losing stretch. Everybody was on there yeah. somewhere because we're, we're born that way in the city with this franchise, especially like we're, you know that's how we unfortunately are, are trained to be. But you know, again, I, I, you could not tell. You know, the Thunder game was fun, but you can't tell me after that game. Oh yeah, like everything's fine because you really don't know. So yeah. Steve, like, are we okay? I think we're okay. We're not great. We're not horrible, but we're okay because those buck losses, like, I, I mean, with Simmons being out both games, we, we knew it would just wasn't going to look good, and our odds of getting even one game out of that two-game series was really, really low. Um, and a lot of people online, man, they were just getting really, really upset and anxious. And I I mean, I was too, but I'm like, okay, let, let's just see how Monday – let's see how Monday goes and – you know, hopefully we'll feel better. And they, you know, these past two, two games, they did exactly what you uh, wanted out of a, a top-rated team that's slumping. They just come out and blow the doors off these really shitty teams because I don't think they lose any of these games, but what if you only beat OKC by 10 or you only beat Atlanta by 13, like have some, you know, close games? Are you going to feel that much better? I mean, I don't think I would. So I think just having them, like, doing what they're supposed to do, you know, fucking destroy them and have the starter set the fourth quarter so they get their uh, their minutes in but also their rest. I mean, I think I think it, it's gone as well as you could you know, the past two games. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, two, two blowout wins is, is obviously the best-case scenario. Right? And it's not even like you have to worry about them being flukes or anything because these are just bad teams, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not like it's like, oh, we got a really – Big win over the Bucks, but they, you know, they were hurt and it didn't matter. And it was a weird off night. Like at this point, you want to see them playing well. You want to see chemistry, and and that's kind of my takeaway from these last two games. If I have to pick one, is that I would say, I think it, there was a spotlight put on 
the bench a little bit more when all these guys were missing games. And, and it made us not only – it made us worry a lot about the bench when, again, like everything kind of works together. So we've said like, hey, you know, this team really goes as Joel goes. And that's ultimately the top thing. But it's like, you know, the starters make the bench and the bench helps the starters. And when anything comes right. out of that rotation, you, you have to take that into consideration. So I think that the best thing is now once you saw the starters back to normal – you felt better about the bench because they got to play together. Oh, and, like, it was good over that stretch to get more guys more time because, I mean, the Sixers basically went 12 deep tonight. And I know, like, you know, Mike Scott and Tolliver are definitely, like, the first two guys out. But still, like, even they just look comfortable enough to where, like, you can go 12 deep the rest of the season, especially, you know, hopefully you get some blowout games. Hopefully you play against some bad teams and – you know, something they failed to do a lot early in the season was hold on enough to those big leads that the starters didn't have to come back in. There are too many times where we've jumped on and said, hey, they won, but, like, Joel Embiid didn't need – shouldn't have had to come back in with five minutes left in the game. Like, yeah. I feel like we've had that conversation a few too many times in, in a shortened season and for a team that's good. So that that's what I really take away is that, like, you know, guys look so good in their roles and – We've talked about it on Twitter. We've talked about it on previous episodes. But, you know, there was, there was some conversation between me and a few people on Sixers Twitter about the whole Furkan starting thing. So, mm. obviously, tonight he doesn't get the start. But even with the bench unit being better, you know, it creates different scenarios because I still think Furk got a decent amount of run with a few starters when he came in. I don't think he it was all full bench units for the first half at least. Yeah. Uh, the second half, obviously, most of the stars didn't really play. But... Uh, one of my biggest takeaways for Furk on this season has been, hey, like when you put him out there with the guy, the other guys that can play, he fits right in and he looks great. Yep. The problem is he doesn't really look great when he's alongside other kind of bad players. Yeah. So even though he's not even in in that role that I think would be better for him, you know, he's looking good too, just because you know he's at least got like George Hill out there with him, or. Uh, you know, him and Shake instead of just like him and or Shake having to be the only guy who could do anything. Uh, there, it also seems like they're messing with Matisse in there with the starters too. And, and again, like I think Ferk and Matisse are both guys that uh, probably could play a better role with the starters because like they have too many limitations on their own, right? And, you know, without uh, anybody there to cover some of them up. Yeah, and barring garbage time in the playoffs, I mean, when they come into the game, I mean, you're going to have at least three or four starters on the floor anyway. So, right. I mean, if if we see a all bench lineup in the playoffs, it's Garbage time because we're either up big or we're losing big. Yeah, and and that's kind of the the point I wanted to make too is like honestly at this point like if you said hey Tyrese Max is going to get playoff minutes, I'm not upset about it. Like he, he seems like the kind of guy that you should be like no like you can't trust that there. And obviously right. it couldn't be for significant stretches, but like honestly if you're telling me anybody on the bench that it's just like hey we're down six and all the starters are out like let me put this guy in and see if he can get six straight, the best guy on this team to do that might actually be Tyrese Maxey yeah. already. So if you're talking about, like, a lot of times people will use the term microwave scorers. Hmm. It's a term that's gone with, like, Lou Williams, a guy like Jordan Clarkson, like okay. guys who can literally just come in and get you just press 30 seconds each yeah. time, and yeah. that's what, okay. And, like, I think Tyrese Maxey very much has that mold, and it's pretty awesome to see. And, Steve, I just want your reactions to, like, eight, three absolute posters tonight. Uh, Maxi's dunk was like impressive for him. He didn't really put it yeah. on anybody, but I'm putting it, I'm I'm making it the honorable mention. But Dwight Howard and George Hill both killed somebody. 
Uh, I'm not sure who Dwight Howard killed. I know George Hill got John Co- John Collins. So you're saying there's a, a murder in Georgia. There's been a murder, murder. in Savannah. <laughs> yeah, dude, that... We we definitely got off our chairs for that for that Dwight dunk too. It's just oh, I the, screamed a lot. Yeah, the second it left us, uh, was George Hill that passed it up? No, no, no. Um, no, was was it Tyrese that mouth lobbed it up to Dwight Howard? I have no idea. I forget who, but it's just like the moment you like it left his hands. You're like, oh shit! It's mm-hmm. like you saw it coming from a mile away. That, that's that DeAndre still, Jordan yeah. kind of lob where you're like, oh shit! Like you you see it before it happens. You yeah. visualize it. And then it occurs. And then that George Hill dunk, like, I was just like, okay, this is going to be a really nice slip. Holy shit. Like, yeah, I was like, okay, he's got him on his shoulder. He's doing the maxi thing where he's going to get him on his yeah. shoulder and he's just going to put that, you know, high off the glass layup in. And then, uh, um, I don't know if that's a one off, but if George Hill really has that in his game, that's a surprise to me. I also, like, 10 minutes before that tweeted that, like, we haven't seen anything from George Hill yet. I meant it in a nice way. Like, I know he's going to be valuable, and I still don't yeah. think we've really like gotten to see exactly what that will be, which is fine. We, we don't need it right now, and he's still getting acclimated, and I think it's good. He looks comfortable. You're seeing better chemistry with guys, but, um, yeah. For those two posters, you realize Dwight Howard's 35 years old, and George Hill's 34 years old. Oh, wow. Those were the two guys putting posters up tonight, are guys that are older than us. Man. I can't wow. do that. Yeah, no. It's a damn shame. Yeah, that sucks. But there yeah, might have been a point in your life where you you used to you probably could have dunked at one point. Well, the one time I dunked in my entire life, I came down and broke my right ankle. So, <laughs> oops. Eighth grade. Yep. I must have forgotten about that. Yeah. One. Good thing you don't remember it. It's You're fine. That, that's what friends do, man. Yeah. Um. All right. So I want to talk about the the Chris Dunn altercation and uh, ask you some Chris Dunn trivia. Uh, But first, we do have a message from our friends at DraftKings. Visit www. That's the wrong one. (laughs) Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all of the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. You can't afford not to. You truly can't. Yeah. I realized that that's the first time that I've had the ad read on when we're on Twitch and that everyone was watching that, hearing my voice, but me just, like, staring at the camera like a fucking idiot because <laughs> I pre-recorded it. Uh, so if that was weird, I apologize in advance. But I realized that as soon as we started doing it and, uh, you know, we got to get paid. So pin me, pay me. Yeah. That's the uh, official official slogan of the podcast uh, and of the job squad. But So Chris Dunn. Steve, did you know Chris Dunn was still in the league? No. Did you know that I 
think it was last year that he actually led the league in steals. That's news to me. Yeah, because, again, Steve, did you know that Chris Dunn was still in the league? <laughs> no. No. So that's why he's in a game down fucking 30 and getting mad because uh, Matisse Steibel and Shake Milton were going to high-five after Matisse had, like, the greatest alley-oop layup I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> since he was not finishing that lob properly. But an amazing tip in by Matisse. And then apparently Chris Dunn said, I want the smoke. And who came right to she, uh, to Matisse's defense? Shake Milton and Furkan Korkmaz. Clearly the two enforcers on the team. Yeah. And, and Mike Scott, uh, the former enforcer, was just like laughing. Oh, cleanup duty. Yeah, yeah. And then just laughing like, I want to see somebody else yeah. do this. Um, He's praying for a fight. <laughs> I'm just praying for a fight. So my, my uh, question to you, Steve, is uh, should Chris Dunn go eat a dick? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Huge um, fucking dick. Okay, awesome. Got it. Um, so I figure, well, okay, let me, I guess I should finish the Sixer stuff before I get ahead of ourselves because I don't know if that's going to derail the whole thing. Uh, so the Sixers are now a game back of the Nets and four, or no, I'm sorry, uh, two and a half ahead of the Bucks. I think so. Is that math right? I, the standings haven't updated the Sixers' uh, record yet, so it doesn't count for tonight. And I'm uh, really, okay. I think I'm too fucked up to do the math right now. If I'm yeah. Just being well, before the game, the uh, the Bucks were three and a half back of Brooklyn, so they would have been two and a half back. So I imagine with the win, they make up that half game. So I guess they're three ahead of Milwaukee. Oh well, yeah, well we're we're we were two games ahead, and then we won tonight, and they didn't play. So that's two and a half. Oh, I think okay. I'm right. So I think I'm right. Yeah. There you go. Um, but so, you know, you're a game back of the Nets. We, we talked on the last pod. I think that the Nets and Bucks still play twice, don't they? Yep. So like you got to figure they probably just split it. Right. Which is basically going to give you a, a game on each. Right. So that's the best case. Scenario, they're, they're kind of, and again, they own the tiebreaker against Brooklyn. If you're worried about that. So all they need to do is be the same as Brooklyn. They don't have to jump them. So you've got to figure there's like all signs are pointing to, this team being able to win, theoretically win every game left on the schedule while playing 12 guys. It's yeah. a really good situation to be in, and it's a really fun thing to say and think about. Uh, you know, I guess at this point, like two and a half days removed from the sky is falling and this team is terrible. Yeah. And, oh, uh, what are we going to trade for in the offseason? Like, can we, can we chill a little bit? Yeah. I get that the losing streak was not great. I've had my doubts. Sometimes you got to, like, text a friend. Yeah. You know, Sixers Twitter, you know, if you don't have a friend on Sixers Twitter that you talk to, make one. Yeah. DM buddy, DM somebody something weird and just be like, hey, like, is it crazy that I think Ben Simmons, you know, shouldn't play in the playoffs? And they'll tell you, yes, that's crazy. Yeah. Ben Simmons is the defensive player of the year. Or you can also drink. That Don't be helps. such a fucking idiot. Yeah, you could drink too. You're not looking up for more uh, Chris Dunn trivia, are you? No, we're done. We're oh, done. Okay. I really just wanted to reinforce we're, that you didn't know he was. Pun intended. We're yes. done. Yeah, we're done. Uh, he's fucking done. So, I, I think the point of that was that you know we still feel good that we can get the one seed. Uh, they should be able to overcome all of that. We we will fortunately get to watch the Nets and and uh, Bucks pick each other apart a little bit and hopefully go through some of the same 
like coping mechanisms we had to use and everything after those two Bucks losses. So uh, maybe they'll exploit each other a little bit, and we can just sit back and laugh at it like we did. Uh, Rudy Gobert absolutely blowing that coverage oh against God. the Timberwolves. Defensive player of the year, quote-unquote. Defensive player yeah. of the year. And, dude, the, the, the Nets don't have an easy schedule. I think they have the hardest schedule between us and uh, Milwaukee left. And, like, uh, they play Indiana tomorrow. They play Portland Friday. So that's a back-to-back. Um, and then they have the two-game series against the Bucks. Uh, they play the Nuggets so I mean, they're you know they're gonna have some uh, tough games there. Yeah, it's it's not easy. I mean, I know, I I mean I can pull it up now actually, but I know the last time that we talked, I think I gave out the uh, stat that the Sixers had like the ninth easiest remaining schedule, right. and the Nets had like the ninth most difficult uh, remaining schedule strength. So. At this point, Brooklyn has the 11th most difficult schedule remaining. The Sixers have the easiest remaining schedule. Uh, their opponent's win percentage is .407. Ooh. So, yeah, there is... It's that. It's it's exactly where you wanted to be for Brooklyn. Their strength of schedule, uh, opponent winning percentage, .516. So, on average, they're playing a better than 500 team. Yeah. And on average, we're playing a team that wins four out of every 10 games. You love to see it. Yeah. Um, That's why you should not have been too close to that edge right. over the weekend. Yep, exactly. I'll look, a little, look ahead a little bit. Uh, you know who didn't look ahead a little bit, and this is the mm. last thing I really have for us, is the Phillies. Oh, oh yeah, baseball started, right. Yeah, baseball started, and if you didn't already know that I was down on this team to begin with, uh, they started off really fun. And so that 4-0 no start didn't uh, change your mind? No. Okay. Yeah, started off with a sweep of the Braves, started off 4-0 no overall. Atlanta sucks again. That's a theme. It is. And then, uh, hey, look, they're back to under 500, which is exactly where I told everybody they'd be before the season started. Um, but in light of all that, there were things to root for. There was nobody on the team that you really had a problem with. And then they said, oh, let's bring back Odubel Herrera. So, while the Union and the Sixers are very good, the Phillies are very bad. And I know you already didn't care that baseball started, but it's so much easier to not care about a team when they have a guy who really hasn't atoned for being a domestic abuser on their team who got paid during his, like, suspension last year because it was, like, administrative leave or whatever bullshit and settled out of court with the woman because... Probably paid her to keep her mouth shut. Uh, fuck Odubel Herrera. Yeah. Fuck the Phillies for playing him. And also, he sucks. He's fucking terrible. Like, I don't think he has a hit yet. Yeah, so, I, I, you know, barring, you know, the, the suspension, you know, the investigation, all of that, I mean, they still had him in the minor leagues just because he was that bad. Like, I mean, that just, that just wasn't like, it was more of, you know, more than a placeholder him be in there until they felt, you know, okay, maybe we can bring him up. But, yeah, he – I'm not a baseball expert, but he sucks, dude. So. Yeah, I mean, I think the the minor thing had more to do with the public perception than it did performance. But, yeah, I mean, he's still – he's not really a major league player. He's just not good. Uh, there's no need for it. And this is where I think you can go back to the Sixers and the process era, and it's like, dude, like, this city will root for, like, Pretty awful players 
if they're here and they're trying and they're not pieces of shit. Like, I think the, the I think the fan base would much rather just give Mickey Moniak more time. Yeah, you know, uh, a guy they drafted, a guy that seems like after like pr- probably going to be a bust has really like started tearing it up in the minors and now seems like he might be a fringe MLB guy. Like that's the type of guy that city gets behind. They don't get behind Odubel Herrera's. They don't get behind guys who are being given bullshit second chances. The only time we really saw it was Vic, which like I, I had this conversation on Twitter too, which was, Hey, yes, a lot of people ended up forgiving him, but one, there was very clear evidence of a lot of the things that he started doing after he got out that were good and like giving back to, you know, shelters and getting involved in, you know, protecting dogs instead of harming them and things like that. But still there was still, you know, a a good subsection of people who did not forgive him, who did not root for the Eagles that during that time, all because of that. And the difference between that and a guy like Udubel Herrera is like, you know, Eagles fans as, as ruthless as they can be and as savage as they can be, didn't didn't get mad at anybody who wasn't going to root for Michael Vick. And the people that still were not rooting for him didn't really argue with the people that forgave him. They were like, hey, we get it, but we don't. And the other side said, hey, we forgive him, but we appreciate that you don't. Like, It was so civil. I don't remember there being like any real uh, negative discourse like you know, too far into it. It seemed like it, it pretty much just went away. And granted, Vick played well, so that always helps. There's two things there. I mean, you know me. I'm, I love animals, especially dogs. I was really, really, really mad about the Vic signing. But that was during the middle. I, I mean, I have a master's in criminal justice. That was when I was in school studying this kind of shit. And, it, you know, I, you know, believe, you know, if you've paid your dues, you, you know, you've, you know, did everything you were told as far as punishment goes, you know. I mean, that's one thing. And then, you know, I wouldn't compare, as much as I love my dog, I wouldn't compare abusing a dog to, you know, a human being. And, you know, I think that's why it's hard to compare those two situations. Um, But I, yeah, dude, I'm definitely on the, you know, get rid of Odubel. This team fucking sucks. It's not like... All we have like what four center fielders that you know they're all shitty and you know Odubel can fuck off. Yeah, um, it's really upsetting. Uh, all all of my pure analysis of not believing much in this team as far as performance this season, I still thought they were going to be fun to watch. I thought you know they were going to be you know enough to put on TV here and there to you know, root for. And maybe get to see some, you know, like, enjoy Alec Bohm to see Scott Kingery uh, hopefully become the player people projected him to be. Yeah. To see if Moniak's going to get a chance. Like, I can get behind that. Plus, you have guys worth watching in Bryce and JT and Reese and, and, and uh, Aaron Nola. But when you do this kind of thing, like, people really tune out, man. And, again, you're not performing. You're not performing. He's not performing. And it's a bad look. There's yeah. no... There's no fucking win here. Like, dude, if, like, God forbid I, I say this because even though it's a it's a hypothetical, if Mike Trout did this, like, it's one thing because, unfortunately, that's how it works. I'm not saying that's right. Right. 
But Mike Trout does this. It's like, all right, but Mike Trout's going to come in and bat 350 and, and hit 40 home runs and play gold glove center field defense. So you're not even getting that. You're not getting fucking some average center fielder because I know baseball really well. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's just not I – don't, I don't see the win. I don't see the win. Uh, sometimes you can see it, but you don't think it's worth it. But there's nothing here. Oh. All I will say is because, honestly, I, I could argue from many sides because these are the type of things I just happen to study. But Kevin Kincaid had a really interesting article about the whole thing with Oduble, you know, Herrera, and basically talks about how a lot of fans just have a, uh, like a selective bias when it comes to forgiving certain players and others. So, Like I said, performance like I said, certainly matters. Yeah, and like you – and it sounds like when you say that, like people may think, well, oh, you're tying that to, you know, the crime that happened. You shouldn't do it. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, they're professional athletes for a reason. And, you know, if if they're not giving you anything to offer and you have all this shit off the field, like what's what's the point? Like, like, like Odubel Herrera just makes no sense at all. This team, as Bears are struggling, they, they have to have better options. And, I mean, this is with the benefit of hindsight. And I know in the offseason, everyone was, you know, team, sign JT, re-sign JT. Re- but if we didn't, there was that small part of me like, okay, like, we can fix other problems with that money we would have spent on him. So I think there is a little bit of a and, – and, and, dude, like, I'm, I'm not the baseball expert, but – I think we have to, you know, accept that. Well, we spent all this money on him, and we we gave Didi a good amount of money. I mean, there's just we're gonna have holes, but you know, with a hole that big in center field, like just get dude, get Oduble the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if that if that point made it all the way home, but it's it's better than anything I could probably come up with right now. So yeah. I'm going to give it to you. Uh, well, yeah. I don't really pay attention to baseball till after the NBA finals. And then, you know, it's already football season. Yeah. Because uh, when it's not football season, like watching a one o'clock Philly, uh, Phillies game on Sunday to me, that's, I'm not like really vested in a game. It's just baseball's. Yeah. It's the perfect background noise for a nap. Sunday afternoon nap. Yeah. I know a lot of guys like to do that with like the Masters and other golf events. Oh, but for me, it's like baseball. Golf is just... so good to go to sleep too because who the fuck can watch it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, all right. Well, since we've really hit everything, I want to throw one last wild card at you, Steve. Oh, okay. Off guard. Who are the Eagles drafting? I think they're going to get that certain guy. Okay. Because I would. That's a, he's a corner, right? Yeah, he's a corner. He is. Um, was it Patrick Sertain's, uh Was he the old Sertain that yeah. played for? He was on a couple teams, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, you can't go wrong with a wide receiver or an offensive tackle or corner uh, at that pick. But if they move up, I, you know, I've, I've been hearing that if they move up, that's because they're going after Kyle. Uh, was it Kyle Pitts? Kyle right? Pitts. Yeah, and then there's I don't know how much truth there is to it, but then there's this whole thing of if they move up to get Pitts, it's also going to involve trading Ertz to clear up the cap space or something. So well, yeah, and I think I think I don't Ertz, know. Ertz is also just you know the value to move up too, but yeah, right. So well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've I've talked to some uh, to to a source in the AFC, but. 
I won't say what they said because oh, it's okay. all just opinions anyway. Um, did you see that Rob Maddie thing on Twitter this week? I did not. Uh, that was a real report from him. Was I spoke to one AFC executive, but I will not share what they said because it's all opinions anyway, and nobody knows anything. And it's like, well, I guess all reporting ever is just should fuck off now. Yeah. Yeah, and being a good reporter is differentiating the the good reports from the bad. Like, that's just part of what you have to do. Like, right. filter out that, um, yep. you know, even if it's a new source you don't know, like, you kind of put things out there to get a feeling if they end up being true or correct. And uh, Rob Motti does not seem to be doing that. Nah, he's got a big fucking cone head, too. And yeah. I think he wanted to kiss Carson Wentz, but. Yeah, and the one, the one good point I, I heard uh I may have even heard this on the radio, but uh, to have another corner to kind of to uh, go with uh, Darius Slay would really help because he Darius Slay. I mean he he had an okay year. He didn't ha- have as good of a year as he could, but that's because the rest of the defense just there there was no help. Yeah, I and, thought he was fine. Yeah, he was okay, but I think just having two corners that can just shut down receivers that'll help and. If we can improve the pass rush, uh, maybe draft or sign a linebacker that can be a linebacker. Uh, you know, just little things like that could I think could really turn the defense around. Yeah, I'm I'm so out on this goddamn team this year. Um, the yeah. only the only thing I don't want them to do is I don't want them to take a quarterback. No, I just want to watch Jalen Hurts this year and not have to deal with that stuff. And again, like I've I don't think Jalen Hurts is the guy, but I think he's at least going to be like okay to watch. And get yeah. you through maybe two years where they have to rebuild the team. Because yeah. there's no point in having a good quarterback with a bad team. And right. generally, you want to build the good team and then draft the quarterback. So right. you get those cap-controlled years to top stuff off and, and, and go with it. Which is exactly what the Eagles did when they had Carson Wentz. Was They had a really good team. They had Wentz on his rookie deal still. So they were able to sign guys like Alshon Jeffrey um, and... Uh, the, the slot corner with the pick, Robinson. Oh, okay. Was it? Uh, now I forget. Wait, no. Now I feel fucking dumb. <laughs> I well, um too too much football talk this time of the year. Yeah. When you got the Sixers in first place, like why are people calling up bitching about you know our head coach not sounding like the most you know enthusiastic or well prepared person for a press conference? Like, oh well, you, it's like uh, well that's coming from the same people that posted a poll this week on their um, radio show saying which former or current uh, Philly athlete do you dislike the most? And it was Odubel Herrera, Carson Wentz, Ilya Brzgalov, and Ben Simmons. Oh, Only that's... one of those guys is currently on a team in this city. He's the defensive player of the year. He's won a ton of awards. He's taken you to the playoffs. And he's one of the top four choices for which Philadelphia athlete do you dislike the most? Like, this is all time, apparently, because three of these guys aren't oh. fucking here. It's so fucking dumb, dude. And that, we, I still haven't addressed the fact that um, three of them were kind of three of them are kind of weird, and one of them's a domestic abuser. Yeah. So really, no one else is in the conversation except the one that we've already said uh, should be the fuck off this team. So there are so many former Sixers you can have in place of Ben Simmons of yep. people at the you know like and they're Sean post- Bradley, Derek Coleman. I mean, they're he's posting just- this poll after he finally came back and bro- and snapped a four game losing streak on Monday. Fucking believable, dude. 
Uh, I mean, unfortunately, it is, man. And, and it's crazy. Like, and I mean, I'll give him credit for, you know, talking up Joel Embiid, but that's because that's easy. He is, you know, one of the front runners for MVP. Wait, who's who's talking up Joel Embiid? No, like any, any other sports radio. Like, you know, they, for the most part, say good things. I would, you know, allow, I guess. Well, okay, it, minus the injury shit, but... Um, and then it's like, when it comes to Tobias Harris, it's like, they only wait until he has a bad game. It's like, like dude, like, he's been consistently... Oh, yeah, but they don't watch. Yeah, so... They read the headlines, the box score, but don't watch the fucking game. So... It really does help to watch the fucking game. Yeah. Who would have thought? the fucking game. Yeah. Well, we watched the game tonight. It was a really good time. We can only hope that we get the same result Friday night. Uh, I'll be in the building, so no pot That's or right. anything after, but I'll be in the building hanging out with uh, Bobby Dubs, uh, my boy from Last Out Media, and okay. uh, part of the Potables Power Hour that uh, we got to get set up still. <laughs> I've been fucking oh, yeah. busy. Uh, but, yeah, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we're going to wrap this one up again. Next Sixers game is Friday night. Uh, they are at home again, hosting Atlanta again. Trey Young is still expected to be out. Not sure about Bogdan, if he might suit up, but I don't know, man. They lost by, what, like 40-something-fucking-seven yeah. tonight. Uh, I, I don't know if they'll even show up to the game. Honestly, with, with mm. the way Atlanta's been taking a beating from Philly lately, like, we, like we've been talking about the whole episode, uh, I wouldn't blame him for not showing up. But yeah, maybe Lloyd Pierce has this uh, as a scheduled loss as well. Ah, yes. So scheduled you know. loss. So, um, you know, we we aren't taking any L's, and uh, we will be showing up. Uh, we're showing up every week, and then come the playoffs, we'll probably be looking to go to two episodes a week. So make sure you are subscribed so that the episodes get in your feed immediately. If you're watching on Twitch, thank you. Um, and you can rewatch uh, the show. Uh, I think it stays up for a, a few weeks, actually. So uh, nice. most of them stay up. If if, if you want to catch them on Twitch, uh, we try and get them on the YouTube. So again, every social media at Process Potables. Check it out for Steve. I'm Dan. Thanks everybody for listening and trust the podcast. <laughs>